Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. As a recovering perfectionist myself, we might actually think that it's quite honourable to say that we like everything to be just perfect. But in today's episode, we're going to challenge you yet again how this character trait that's sometimes celebrated could actually be a little bit of an Achilles heel and what to do to overcome perfectionism for life. So as I was writing this episode, I actually could remember some job interviews. So I don't know if you were maybe the same as me, but you know when you get asked in an interview, do you remember having a job? I do remember having a job. (laughs) I remember having a job. I remember the interview process. I also remember the applying for things and no one getting back to you. Job industry, what the hell is that about? (laughs) Why do you not reply to people? Why do you not say, you know what, actually, we've had your CV and you're just not quite right? Yeah, that's a sideline, Matthew. I know that's about perfectionism. That could be one way they could be (laughs) more perfect. my frustrations there. <laughs> That's okay. No, um, that being said, so yeah, I was thinking about a job interview. Now, I joked at the start of the intro that I'm a recovering perfectionist. I actually think that's the case. And I, we'll go into that, why I'm having to overcome this as a weakness as myself. I don't think we ever recover from things like that. I think mm-hmm. actually it's constant work. Absolutely. I think we can easily lapse back into just feeling like we want everything to be perfect, mm. things to be going our way. Don't give away the show. Don't oh, give away the right, show. Okay. Right, imagine this. You're in an interview. Right, okay. Right? They ask you the the seemingly deciding question. Tell us about a weakness and how you overcome it. Now, if you're like the majority of people, perhaps you've been coached. <laughs> Does it not make you a little bit cringe? Coached to say, oh, well, actually, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So we say it like it's a bit of a, oh, I've got this you know, weakness of mine that means I, I, I just make sure everything's absolutely the perfect as it can be, but don't hold it against me. Yep. Don't hold, right, it said, I, you can you can imagine that HR must get that quite a lot. Well, because everyone's trying to give an answer mm. that doesn't show any flaws and is almost a positive yes. negative. See, yes. whereas for me, my greatest weakness is that question. <laughs> That's why I said this very question is my biggest weakness. I can't remember what I used to say. I don't know. I, I can't remember, actually. It's been a long time since I've had an interview, like 12, 13 years ago for a job or something. That, I didn't need an interview for this job, so we're very thankful no, thank, for thank that. Goodness. But perfectionism, again, I think society almost rewards it as us by thinking, you know, we're perfectionists. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good virtue. Even though it's a little bit of a, oh, you joke and say it's a, a weakness. So you might have heard the phrase, you know perfect is the enemy of good or it's even the enemy of progress and actually making any productivity in your life and I think what happens with perfectionism if you know that you suffer from it or you have those tendencies you tend to want everything to be a hundred percent flawless no errors at all and it's not even anything you do that you put out in the world it's even things yourself like unless the result is going to be perfect I'm going to be 100% okay with the outcome and it's the best and it shows me in the best light. You, you'll put up this barrier to everything. It's a starter for 10 before you even you know set off on any course. And we can have that kind of mindset in a lot of areas of life. So how many times do people think maybe they want to start a family? Yep. But everything needs to be lined up in a particular way. The right way. money, you have to do the a right budget, money, yeah, everything. Kind of stuff. And you're right. I think that if you're searching for perfectionism, then it will stop you from getting anything done Mm. because you'll feel like you need to line up things in such a way. And for a lot of times, 
it's not all within your own control. So you're relying on the world to provide everything in a particular mm. way, particular alignment, exactly when you want it for you to get started, for you to make things happen. Yes. And because you can't control that, it means that you're likely to be in a position where you don't get started with anything. Mm. There's never a good time for anything. But when you're in a perfectionist mindset, then that means there's never a time that you'll actually get going. Mm. Perfectionism is very much, it's not just as good as I can make it. It comes from fear ultimately right so when we say the word perfectionism we actually you can tell there's hesitation then like i've got to stop something before i send it out into the world i've got to stop until it you know measures up to a certain metric that i decide and i think it's actually coming around from trying to avoid failure yeah if everything is perfect if everything is as good as i can make it then there's no way it can fail no Mm. way it can go wrong so also i think with the thought process of perfectionism you're likely to have things that you want to be perfect, Mm. things within your wheelhouse of skills, with your abilities to control and your abilities to decide. So it it promotes you to almost play it safe a little bit. Absolutely. Because you you do have that control of everything or at least that perceived control of everything. And I wonder if you end up almost not doing your best. And we're going to cover that in this podcast, going to challenge you. But as I was doing the research for this, I thought I would ask Google. So I thought, what if there's somebody like me and maybe like you a little bit out there watching or listening that could think, am I a perfectionist? So would you like to know what Google said? How to know if you're a perfectionist. So the common signs, this sounds as if it's like having, you know, (laughs) a fever or the common signs of that, you know, common cold or whatever. So the first thing is you are a perfectionist in all areas. So not just your business or your career or your family, it engulfs your whole life having these incredibly high standards. Okay, so I don't think that applies to a majority of people Mm. actually. So I know that there are areas that you are more comfortable to be however you are, and there are areas where you want things to be more perfect. Mm, So because it doesn't apply everywhere, then I think that the true meaning of it, if that's what Google's telling you, no, no, and Google must know there's the answer. There's more, there's seven. There's no, I, seven. Know, I, I figured that, but even on that first one, yep. I think actually that is a key that maybe a lot of people would fall down on. Mm. So you might find that they're perfectionist in um, maybe some of their work or some of their, I don't know, various things. There'll be some areas that are perfectionist. But you'll find that yeah. maybe they they don't really care about doing the ironing very well. <laughs> or maybe yep. giving the um, dishes and mugs a quick wipe mm. is fine enough. So at which point then that moves you away from being a perfectionist based on the definition that okay. you just come up next with. Next thing, right, next thing it. was you are an all or nothing person. So I would see that as like passionate, see how I'm making life. But I think I've definitely got those tendencies. I tend to be like completely like, yes, let's do this and make it happen. Um, and then some, but again, it's interesting. I think I'm a perfectionist in some areas, but not in others, as you're saying that. So the third thing, you crave approval. So you naturally will go through your mad smiling there. That doesn't sound like you at all. (laughs) You crave approval, and I would say like people pleasing a little bit's that. Next thing, so this is four out of seven. These are the common signs that you're a perfectionist. Number four is feedback makes you defensive. So you don't take on feedback. Okay, so that actually loops into the previous point about Mm. seeking approval. Approval, If the approval isn't what you want. Then you defend. It's, it's, yeah, you need to defend it. And that's, You're a, not key, that's it. a real key thing. It's not just um, like if you don't get approval, you move on to the next person. You actively push you know anything you need to resolve so, how yes, you're feeling, exactly. which means that you need to push back potentially to that individual yes. to 
change their opinion to mm. get a different view to get different feedback that yep. then meets your requirements next one is you're highly critical of others so i would see that as you judge others so i i would like to think i'm not in that camp no that doesn't um, fit you but as i say these are only the most common signs so you're you you're critical of others like you might judge people in the way they dress they do things that's your kind of well, default I, in the day actually i think that what that means is that you're holding other people to your standards mm, so whereas perhaps. you might be a perfectionist remember if you're focusing on being a perfectionist in every area so it kind of engulfs all areas of your life yes then you will have an opinion of how you should be in how you dress how you behave at work parenting cooking whatever yes. it happens to be and at which point you can measure yourself against others mm. and that means that you're likely to be judgmental or critical of others because it's it's covering a lot of areas yeah we reflect now, right so we project it onto other people so if i'm critical of myself and want and can only put out the very base then anyone else not doing that i'm gonna, you'll I'm notice gonna judge them, and right? i think we can all do that in various elements of life where we see others maybe not taking care of themselves not living a particular way not looking after their money their mm. health whatever it happens to be and we can judge where maybe we feel like we have got a front footing in that particular yes, area yep. so i think we can all identify with it but in, in the terms that we're talking about it here it sounds like it's it's quite broad mm, mm. but that's because the perfectionism is very broad yep the next one is you tend to be a procrastinator a large amount of the time and then you're full of guilt when you don't do the thing that you want to do so that's quite interesting i think that's human nature a little bit but i can understand you put you delay doing something or don't do it at all because you don't want to get it wrong that's the all then, or nothing thing so that yep, makes sense yep and then you're guilt you feel guilty for not doing it as well so again there's emotion attached to not doing the thing that you don't want to put out from fear so the big big circle and i think a great way to describe it is basically perfectionists believe they're only happy based on how they perform. So their actual actions decide how happy or how content they should feel in the world. And to be honest, and this is from my own beliefs, you know, we live in an imperfect world. It's not perfect, right? It's not, there's not going to be no heartache. There's not going to be only happiness. That's not possible, you know, in the time we're living in. So right up from the word go, if you only need perfect situations to happen to you, that's you're, you're losing. That's never going to be possible to actually achieve that. And I think what I noticed, you know, I say a recovering perfectionist, what I really mean is you almost are worrying how people will receive anything you do. So what then happens is you don't do anything because you're worried, well, right now I'm safe, right now nobody's judging me or whatever. If I rock the boat, I'm opening myself up to all these different, you know, to fear of rejection, fear of criticism, all the things that you don't like, you then just, well, if I don't try, I'm safe, right? It's that constant loop cycle. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that by putting something out there, whatever it happens to be, whether it's just yourself or a piece of work or whatever else it might be, then you're looking for approval. You're looking for that feedback loop to mm. close, that you did a good job, that you're worthwhile, that you are validated in some way. So if you don't receive that, then it makes you more cautious about what you do in the future. Mm. And it drives you to be a little bit more perfect. And if you can't be perfect, you don't do it at all, yeah. all or nothing. And then that makes you procrastinate because if you can't be all, then nothing means procrastination until you can find it. Mm. And then you put something out, and if that feedback loop, again, isn't closed in a satisfactory yep. way, then 
your, your circle of what you do and what you get on with and how quickly you do things and how much you allow yourself to be out there in the world mm. gets smaller and smaller because unless you constantly achieve the perfect outcome that you're looking for yep. and you get that feedback loop and you feel good about that feedback loop, you're, you're not going to continue to repeat. So it's it's self-damaging yeah. over the course of time. I really had, when I was prepping for this, and as I'm just you know listening to you there, there's two specific times I can think of my life that I'd like to share where maybe this has been drilled home to about you have to get it perfect, protect yourself. The first one was, I think I was about 13. And so school for me, I thrived at school. I found school really straightforward because school's basically in the UK. If you do what you're told and you keep, you know, wrote and repeat, you get a tick. You, there's a right or a wrong, right? That you can't get a, oh, well, that's almost right. It's either you're completely right. And I really loved maths and physics. And they're and very like much. They're, they're black and white, yep. right? So I loved it. If I knew the formula and knew how to work it, well, there's only... I either put in the right numbers or I didn't, you know, that kind of way, or I understood it. And I'm talking about maths, but actually a subject I struggled in or didn't enjoy as much. So don't tell me. I'm going to try and guess. Okay. It was either English or art or something like that, something more... That's pretty much the subjects that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, so, so English... So opinion is subjective as to yes. how well you've done. So yes, from an English point of view, spelling is yep. black or white. Yep. Um, formulation of sentences and paragraphs yep. is a little bit more loose but as far as how you're able to tell a story how you're able to engage someone yep. how you're able to um, read something and then provide your opinions on it mm -hmm. is very much subjective yeah i'll tell you the story it was in english actually it's go. not about an essay or anything um it was actually i can remember this really strongly so we in about 13 or 14 we were doing different books as part of our English, right? And back in those days, in the 90s in Scotland or in Glasgow, I, did, I don't know if you did this down south in London, did you ever have to cover your books? Is that a thing down in England, right? Um, you it was, you, you could cover your books. Okay, so it was expected that you cover your books. And these are the notebooks? Notebooks and also books. So as English, we actually got novels to read. The class would read a novel. And so you were expected to cover your books. So let me know in the comments if you're watching on, you know, on Mama Fur Fur channel especially. Did you cover your books if you're Scottish and watching this about that I think time frame? in England, some people covered their notebooks okay but the actual physical books that you got we had to do that as well with our name okay. on it right, and it, it depended on what kind of covering you got how well off you were there was brown paper there was wallpaper i actually had like i think wrapping paper but that's that's a different story so i remember we were reading this a book let's say it was mice and men of mice and men or something and every day you had to bring it or if you forgot it you got a punishment exercise. Do you know what a punchment exercise is? Did you have them down no. south? It's <laughs> sounds... a language divide here. It's a language okay. divide. We, we could have potentially had a similar um, thing. We had to write out lines like I must not forget my book. Yeah, that's just writing lines. For... Right, so it was called a punishment exercise back okay, in the day. Right, so right. phrasing is is a weird thing, but yes, we had a similar kind of thing. A punny, but... if you're in from Glasgow. <laughs> okay, so now, now you're going into weird language. Let um, me know in the please comment section. I need you here in the Scottish um, divide. But... 
Actually, I don't think there was really any punishment for forgetting a book. Oh, well, Glasgow is tough. Glasgow is tough, isn't it? (laughs) In the East End of London. Okay, so I was 13 and it was reading this book. And, you know, I never had never forgotten my book before. And I must have got the days wrong. You know how in secondary school you've got certain subjects, certain days. You don't put the books in your bag when it's not the right day. Yeah, but you do have a timetable. You do have a timetable. Anyway, I must have forgotten my book. So I go up to the teacher, we're all reading it, and I say to her, I've forgotten it. So the, the law is, you, you forget your book. You have a punny. You get a punny. <laughs> yeah, a okay. punny. Right? And this is so, crazy. <laughs> and so it was to write out lines and bring them in the next day. And that's the only time in my whole school career I had a punishment exercise. And I remember standing, I was right beside the teacher in front of the whole class, and she said to me, well, you know you know the result, don't you? You need to do it. And ev- I felt everyone was watching me. So that scarred you for life? I can still remember the feeling. And it was because I normally, you know, got straight A's and that kind of stuff. So for me, it felt like, and this is my judgment, for me, I then experienced people mocking me and, you know, all that kind of so stuff. So ultimately, the Scottish school system... But it made me a perfection. It made you a perfection, but also their techniques for mm. dealing with punishment and things it's seriously flawed it's damaging children <laughs> it's, and it's scarring them I for life i got over it i got over it so that's one instance the sec so in school it was always like reward risk so you don't want to be the kid that's getting all the punishment exercises right i, I wanted to be performing i wanted you know the praise the next thing in my life fast forward now till i'm in my 20s my so i've been in it for 14 15 years but there's about a time period of three years four years where i ran my own dance school ran my own cheerleading school right you know this map so my teams had hundreds of kids and um, we went to competitions okay so it was creative cheerleading hip-hop it was that kind of stuff now again that profession you go to competitions you're winning trophies you may be winning you know titles european titles and things like that everything is completely based on a score sheet and that score sheet is based on accuracy creativity subjective but perfectionism like we call it like hitting a clean routine so like when you're doing stunts or gymnastics if someone bobbles if someone misses something a stunt falls that's not clean you get pain. so even though your routine is fabulous you could maybe go from first to second place because somebody else did something more perfect if you know what i mean so it, it's funny when i look back actually the things that i usually do for or had been doing for work or school you got rewards or perfectionism, right? And obviously I'm now left all that and I build my own. But this is something that I, I know that has kind of been instilled in me in how you survive. It's how you get accepted in the world. And I, I suppose I'm going to challenge you. Is there any moments that you can, you're different from me slightly, but is there any moments that you can look back and say, actually, that's maybe where I've been a perfectionist or it's been drilled into it. So, this is how you survive. So I've not had anything as scarring as punishment <laughs> from school. I know, we talked um, about it for ages. But- I was quite good in the earlier parts of school, yep. for sure. And what I found was when I was in year 11, so the first year of secondary school, okay, yep. first year of high school. So my school was closing down at the end of that first yep. year. Didn't know that when I joined it, otherwise I would have gone somewhere else. But they were doing various tests at the end of the year, All right, almost okay. to see where you were. So when you move on to the next school, they would know where your standards were. And there was, I think it was a math test. Okay. I got every question right except one. 
Now, it didn't scar me. It didn't sit with me. But you were annoyed. (laughs) But I was frustrated because I was so close. And also, it was one of these ones, rather than it being um, that I was incorrect in my answer, it was more so, it was... See, I can you, hadn't, you hadn't shown the working? Was it no, something like no, that? No, it was actually even simpler. So the whole point was, because if it was, I, I don't know how it was math-based. Mm. So you have to go with the story instead. Okay. So I had a picture of a kind of map. You can remember this really clearly. Though, I can't remember you? the exact picture, but it was a picture kind of map-like, you know, okay, where maybe yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gridded and it has like a, a railroad and some trees and stuff. And the whole point was... Um, if you go this many squares or whatever right. from this, so you go north a bit, south, whatever it happened to be, where do you end up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the problem I had is I couldn't find the marker for the start point. Oh. So they said, if you start at, I don't know, the tree. Right, right. And I ultimately guessed, I guessed the answer because I couldn't find on oh. this picture. So it wasn't about my ability to um, do the problem. Right, right. It was more so that I just couldn't find the start point. Scarred you. It scarred you like this, Putney. (laughs) It didn't scar me, but it sat with me as if I, especially as I finished the test early, Mm. why didn't I just go back and just Mm. sit there and just scan this map and sit there and look at it Mm. and spend my time? But it's almost like I put down the answer and I was satisfied that I'd done the best I mm-hmm, could mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than thinking to go back. So that's the only time I can really think about um, that I maybe had an issue with not feeling like I did something as well as I could mm. and wanting to be perfect. And that was quite literally being perfect mm. because it was one question away from having 100%. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. absolute perfection <laughs> as far as that measurement. And I missed it. And that so, scarred you since, has it? Um, it disappointed me. Yeah. Now, obviously, in the workplace, when I was working in corporate life, I didn't like to get things wrong. I no, didn't like course, to make yeah. mistakes. And because I was generally quite good at my job from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. then it used to bug me when I found flaws or yeah, errors in yeah. my calculations. But not not to the same degree that maybe things have scarred <laughs> you. See, I suppose I'm, I'm more comfortable with failure. Mm-hmm maybe than you are i i feel like i've got quite a good rounding on how i feel about myself and my own abilities and looking for external validation Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. obviously everybody likes praise everybody likes to be told that they're doing well everybody likes to know that the world appreciates them or that whoever you're doing things for feels a value yes but i don't hold as much weighting there as maybe other people do and people maybe identify as perfectionists because when I do something for the most part, if I'm doing it, I'm quite happy with I've done the best I can. So rather than a perfectionist that maybe the best they can doesn't meet to a standard, so they Mm. won't do it. I'll do the best I can. I'll put it out there. And if people don't like it or they highlight something that probably I thought anyway, Mm. then it's not a surprise. Like if I, if I, decide I'm going to do something crazy with my hair. No, I don't have any hair, obviously, so I can't really do much. But if I had hair and I wanted to do something crazy with it and I just did it, then I know that somebody somewhere is going to say, hey, your hair looks stupid. Yeah. Because the background of the thought process would be, this is a bit weird. It's stupid, but it's quirky, but maybe it's good. Mm. So I would almost expect not to get full validation. Mm. And because of that, I get no surprise back from the world which means that it's not really shocking. Mm, mm. So I, I kind of sit in that realm where it's almost like I understand the risks 
of the things that yeah. I do, yeah. I'm happy to put out things which aren't necessarily perfect because mm-hmm. maybe my skill set isn't perfect or my knowledge isn't perfect. But because of that, because I understand where I am in my journey, then if I get feedback confirming that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it doesn't feel as harsh. Whereas I think from the perfectionist point of view, if you're going into something and you're only delivering when you feel like it's perfect, mm, then yeah. your expectation is 100% perfect, ticking every single possible box. Yep, nothing yep. can possibly be wrong. And then when that feedback loop comes and says, oh, actually, you're not quite perfect, <laughs> then I think that's probably where it can hurt most mm. because you have no expectation mm. of anything other than a response to perfection. Mm. And this has been the greatest thing as well. And, you know, developing and being a creator now for Jings, how long? Four, five, four years it's been kind of officially. I actually think this is the perfect soul expansion for me because I'm having to, I am moving and shifting into a person who, I call it loaves and fishes philosophy. I've said this too many times, I think I mentioned on the podcast. My only job I'm becoming more and more aware is I just make this as good as I can. Everything that passes in my hands is just the best that I can make it because no matter when you put it out, somebody will find a flaw in it. That's neat. We live in an imperfect world in terms of our reality and everyone else's. So the way that my thing, I'll think that it's the best I can, it's given a message, it's whatever, it's going to reach this person. I have no control over whether that's true or not. What I can do, though, is respond to the kind of insight in me to go and create the thing that's what we're built in to do so my first point really about perfectionism strongly say to you to really scope this out in your mind it's really a shadow for the thing that you actually do want so let me explain perfectionism as we've said people often make it sound like actually it's a virtue oh i'm a perfectionist it means that you know i want it to be the very best but what you're actually doing is you're speaking from a place probably of more fear than actually faith in what you're doing. It comes from a place almost that you're protecting yourself from the criticism, from people rejecting you. So if you don't do something until you feel it's ready, you've put that buffer in place. And that's interesting because I think if I was interviewing someone and they said they were a perfectionist, my head goes to, right, fine, so you're going to potentially miss deadlines. You're going to be someone that doesn't deliver things on time. You're going to be someone that challenges tasks that aren't within their realms of comfort. Mm. So actually, you don't sound like a particularly good employee to me because you're not going to deliver all the things that are given to you Mm. in a timely manner. You're going to refuse things. You're going to shirk things off to other people, whatever it happens to be. Mm. It's not a positive virtue to have. Having pride in your work and wanting to do the best job you can Mm. absolutely is a great virtue to have. But to the point where it's you being a perfectionist means that it's it's a huge detriment, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And as we said, it means that you don't put things out into the world. So it's not just difficult to, to while you're doing something. It's actually more difficult to start of anything because you know you are frightened of the ripple effect. The next thing I would say, like for me... Perfection, breaking perfectionism is really the lifelong skill. So it's overcoming that natural built-in gravity opposition that you want to ensure everything's as good as you can. Nobody can judge you. And I kind of say this is like, you know, the seed, that little insight that you have, you want to protect it as it grows, right? But as that seed grows and becomes something, as a tree grows up, 
it's it's naturally going to create a shadow. There's going to be opposition. So the more that you're trying to break through and you get taller and it gets bigger and bigger, the the shadow behind it is going to get bigger in proportion as well too because you're blocking the sunlight. And I think people want to have that that seed and that tree completely free of anything at all. Well, thinking about that same analogy, I think that people want to kind of shield the tree, mm. build fences around it, build walls so it never comes into any challenge, any harm or anything mm. else. But what you're doing is you're building a weak tree. Yes. The tree that has to deal with storms and wind will grow stronger, it will grow mm. robust, mm. it will expand its root system, it will gain thicker branches, thicker core, thicker everything so that it can deal with the trials and tribulations of just sitting out there in the middle of a field mm. in Scotland where it can get battered <laughs> by the weather. So actually you want a situation where you have challenge, you have things mm. outside mm. your comfort zone. Um, we've discussed it on previous podcasts before. You should be aiming to fail as mm. much as you can, or at least like, not really trying to fail, but doing things that aren't within your comfort zone and expecting that you're not necessarily going to get it right. It's not mm, going to be 100% mm. correct. Because the more you become comfortable with that, the less you seek being perfect and everything, which means that you're more likely to try things that don't sit within your own comfort zones, which means that you can grow as a person and you can become more rounded, more robust. And then you're not concerned about being perfect in mm, future. Absolutely. You're happy to deal with the self-critique and criticism or that that comes from other people mm. because you go through it often enough that it becomes less of a thing. Absolutely. Just part of the process, part of what you're sharing. And finally, I want to suggest as well to overcome perfectionism and kind of make this something that doesn't stop you in future. It's about also realising that you have freedom to share and live imperfectly. So perfectionism really is this built-in thing that we're pr protecting ourselves because we don't want any pain. We don't want any fears of things. But you do have the freedom to live making good things and bad things and 99% of the time getting it right, 10% getting it wrong. The world naturally actually kind of shifts and sorts. Everything always works out for good and as far as, I, I, you know, my faith and, and what I think of the world. And I also think we should live more in a life of try. It seems like kids are kind of built in with this mechanism when they come out the womb they're just going to try as many things they're going to try and climb the walls they're going to try and run before they can walk and we kind of suffocate that to kind of keep them safe and actually maybe it's time to get back to that nature of you're going to bounce back you're going to muck up you're going to get things wrong but the whole point is if you don't try then how do you know that that's a path that's not going to lead to something else and something else and then it might not but then it might do and and so on well and what you'll find is not being perfect is not comfortable mm. so failing getting negative feedback whatever it happens to be isn't comfortable mm. but being perfect is also not comfortable yes yeah. trying to make everything line up exactly within your own expectations mm. not doing things because you want to avoid failure whatever it happens to be neither of them are comfortable places to be mm. so you've got to say to yourself which one gives me a better quality of life mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. one gives me better outcomes so it's about making a choice of saying if something's going to be challenging if something is not a smooth ride then which way am i going to go yeah because neither is actually fun. Mm. Neither is giving you this kind of satisfaction with life. Mm. Neither is giving you the peace to sit back and relax 
each one will stress you in some kind of way. Yes. So yes. it's about choosing which one you want to go for. Absolutely. Choose choose your heart. I think there's a, a podcast or something along those lines coming soon. But yeah, I, and I joked at the start, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I really do think that this is a season that I'm getting more and more comfortable with being imperfect and I like that I think I'm doing a lot of growing and changing as a creator and also just being able to serve people better I think it's a skill that I'm having to learn and break out of myself so I really hope today's episode has um, challenged you inspired you so even if it's just the next job interview that you have don't give the default answer of all oh, my weakness is perfectionism really you know maybe it's something that actually we shouldn't have as a badge of honor we should just live a life of try and muck up and do things imperfectly as best as we can and then maybe not too much in the workplace <laughs> maybe not in the workplace too much ah you never know what's the worst that could happen but um i hope that it inspires you to to do more things to not let yourself stop yourself so easily you've got a lot of things to share with the world you've got a reason to be here so take away this one little barrier that's stopping you maybe from sharing what you are meant to intend and give to the world so thank you so much for watching and listening today if you have watched on the mama for her channel thank you so much why not give this a thumbs up or a subscribe and you can follow my channel with all my videos you can also see this every week on the mama for her channel as well if you fancy seeing the video podcast if you don't fancy watching you can also just listen only we've got over 70 episodes now on spotify itunes you name it we're there so you can take us along with you if you have enjoyed this episode in particular why not send it to a friend why not share the message and maybe if someone's annoying you share it to them anyway you're a perfectionist learn from this thank you so much for watching and listening today we'll speak to you very soon